It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Misery Monday on the Team 980, driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer today. Although, you know, considering the moves made, some people might consider this a victory Monday. We should not celebrate people getting fired, even if we can be analysts and acknowledge it was the right move. At least that's what I think. Let's find out what Michael Phillips thinks on this Monday. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not my beat. Michael Phillips, 910 The Fan in Richmond, which you can listen to on the free Odyssey app, 10 a.m. to noon weekdays. Also read him at Washington or and the Washington Times. Miguel, how was your Thanksgiving, sir? Ah, lovely. Enjoyed some some food, some television, all the good things. Uh, watched uh, Dak eat a turkey leg in a premeditated celebration that caused the firing of Jack Del Rio, and then uh, moved on to college football. Yeah, that's. Uh, I didn't move on to college football. I just, I just basked. Uh, I don't say basked in the glory of whatever that it was, but uh, just kind of sat in it. And then actually, I didn't. I just forgot about. It. I was like, you know what? I'm not working. I'll think about this on Monday. And here we are. It's Monday now. Um, what do you make of the move? Like to an extent, it's got to be looked at as rearranging the deck chairs, deck chairs on the Titanic, but I also think it would, they definitely had to do it. So where do you kind of fall on the, uh, the decision and, and what it actually means? Yeah. Titanic can't sink for six more weeks. So, uh, you know, <laughs> might, might as well keep yourself busy doing something. Uh, I, I think the Turkey leg was a big part of it, right? I, I think the preference was to not do anything, just, just to find a way to, you know, duct tape this thing together, get it to the finish line, get to the end of the year, and then clean house, uh, you know, quietly uh, like the rest of the league does today after the season. Uh, That was not possible, of course, uh, when your rival is eating turkey legs on national television because they knew they were going to beat you so badly they could spend the short week preparing celebrations instead of preparing for your defense, which was not very good, and is 32nd in the league in points allowed. Uh, that's the sort of thing that requires immediate action. They had to take immediate action. Uh, we've discussed, and I, I think we're on the same page here. There are no viable or good choices to be interim head coach. And, and I say that uh, knowing and acknowledging Eric Bieniemy would be the best choice among the group. But I think there are very compelling reasons why he should be working on the actual most important thing, which is developing Sam Howell and, Uh, I think certainly we can point to moments in the game, fourth and one, where Brian Robinson runs into Jahan Dotson as proof that Eric Biennemi has more work to do on the offensive side of the ball, and it would not be productive to elevate him to head coach at this time. Uh, And so I think this was the best option you had left. No, I agree uh, with that. I definitely would not make a head coach move at this point. I would just trust that Ron can safely land the plane. Of course, if they lose by a Dolphins-Broncos score to the Dolphins, perhaps you have to reconsider. But um, at the end of the day, I think this was the move. And I, I, the one thing that I'm curious about, Michael, always when there's a move like this, is like Ron's now going to do things differently, which is good. I think they can play better defensively down the stretch because it is very clear watching this defense that it got a bunch of dudes who don't know what the hell they're supposed to do. And by simplifying it down so that Ron can actually call this thing, uh, he will inevitably make it simpler for the players and, as he said in his press conference today, allow them to play fast. But he has been steadfast in saying that he approved of all the things that Jack was doing. It just didn't work, so we had to fire him. 
Like, how how hands-on has Ron been in trying to fix it before it got to this point versus just being like, Jack, trust you to fix it. Trust you to fix it. Okay, uh, he ate a turkey leg. You got to go now. Yeah, that was, we played the whole exchange there with uh, with Kaim on my show where they, you know, we need to change some things. So what are you going to change? Well, wait, I, I'm not going into that, but things are going to change. Oh, you just like the way it worked. I did not say that. I love Jack. He's a good guy, and I approve of everything he tried to do. Okay, buddy. All right. Um, at this point, if I were Ron Rivera, I'd probably just cut a check to the league and say, whatever you're going to find me for not doing press conferences the rest of the way, here's the money, give it to a nice charity. Uh, I got nothing to gain by doing this. I'm, I'm just going to quietly uh, ride out my ride on the Titanic from, from my nice comfy chair in my office. I have nothing to gain by speaking out loud. That would be what I would do if I were Ron Rivera. Um, I, you Michael, know, I, Michael, you remember that you're not just doing a radio show anymore, that you're a reporter who actually goes to these press conferences, right? Yeah, and, and I, you know, I feel for the guy. I feel for the guy <laughs> because he's got – we all know the score. We all uh-huh. know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. We all see what's going on. And what are you going to say? What are you going to – like, you're not going to throw your friend under the bus? All right, that, that's noble. But you also can't say my friend did a good job. He didn't do a good job. He did a really bad job, actually. Um, and we all see it. Um, right. Well, that gets to the crux of my not, question is like, not why are questions? Why didn't these they were not gotcha fix questions? It? Yeah. Well, right. These are not gotcha questions from an unfair media. Like here's John Kime, like a, pro, a, a professional at a professional outlet. His question right. was like, what's up with that? Like, wait, the thing you're saying doesn't make sense. Like these are all legitimate questions that Ron either can't or won't answer. At this juncture, we've got we, so we we just kind of hit the wall here, right? We're running around in the circus. We've got to change things. Oh, is that because things are going bad? I did not say that. I stand by my friend and everything he did. So you think the things he did are good? Absolutely not. We're changing everything. Um, we we supposed to do with that? We're we're just going to run around in circles on that around and around. Now, to go back to your first point, there, my big fear here, Craig, uh, with with this change of putting Ron Rivera in charge of calling the defense, my biggest fear is that they might beat the Rams and, and the Jets. Like, I don't think they'll beat the Dolphins. The Dolphins are good. They might roll off a two-game heater here because uh, the Rams and the, and, the, and the Jets are both kind of beatable. And I agree some marginal improvement could open the door to this offense, maybe even being able to do some more things. That's bad. That's a no. Like, you got a top-five draft pick. Protect this thing. Yeah, I mean – that well, that gets to like the next question, which is like, what do you actually have in house? And this this is something I talked about earlier. Is you know, obviously draft pick, you got to figure that out. That's probably going on the like the top five one. It's probably going on the offensive side, unless you, you have a pass rusher fall to you, and you know you need one of those. Uh, so there's there's that. Unless I guess you spend big on uh, on it in free agency. But I want to know how the rest of these guys can play defensively. And I don't have a clue. And I actually think that. We've gone too far the other way from being this is a talented group that's underperforming to, oh, actually, we overrated the talent. I have no idea how good they are. Like, they're so poorly coached. I legitimately have no idea if Jamin Davis, Benjamin St. Juice, on down the list, is a good football player. Like, is John Allen just not that good now? I refuse to believe that that could possibly be the case. And so, uh, like, the draft pick, yes, very important. But I think it's also very important to be able to understand what you have in-house. And by continuing to have Jack Del Rio and Brett Visselmeyer on this coaching staff, you were not going to be able to do that. That's fair, and you can argue that's the Chase Young story, uh, you know, on his way out. Like, you know, what what would it have looked like if he had had better leadership? You know, would he still be here? Uh, you know, you've got small stakes and big stakes within that discussion. 
small stakes, Percy Butler. He'll, he'll be here next year. Um, I, I feel confident in saying that. Um, but do you pencil him in uh, as, you know, a guy who can play some stamps for you next year? Or do you say, all right, he is a guy who can, who can develop under a new coach and we'll see what he is. You know, that's something you need to see. Then you've got your big stakes. Cam Curl is a big stakes decision, right? Like, I think Cam Curl is worth signing to, to a big long-term contract. Um, but there's a difference between think and no, and, and you've got a new group that's going to be coming in that won't get to kick the tires on him themselves. Those are big decisions. Like, when you commit that kind of money to a player, that, that alters your franchise in, in a good or bad way the trajectory you're going. Uh, and so you're absolutely right. The opportunity to put guys in positions to make plays, which hasn't happened yet, is pretty important here down the stretch and, you know, on, on both sides of the ball, but particularly on the defensive side of the ball, there's a lot of guys you need to figure out about. And uh, I would argue that extends to the line as well. Casey Tuhill, what's, what's your offseason value for a Casey Tuhill, a guy who's going into a contract year? KJ Henry, is he a starter? He might be a starter. Um, is he the kind of guy you you can ride with going into next year, though, as a, a 60% snap share guy? Uh, those are hard questions to answer when the unit is coached as badly as it was being coached. Right. Uh, you know, literally every defensive end that they had coming into the year that was not a rookie was in a contract year. They've already traded away two of them. Uh, James and Casey and F.A. Uh, are in contract years, and then you got the rookies uh, that are here as well. Michael Phillips with us. From the uh, 910 The Fan and the Washington Times here on the Hoffman Show. All right, so the most important thing, though, as much as the defense has stolen the headlines, um, which is their only takeaway of the year. Hey-oh! Anthony, we actually need a good rim shot. That's It's really a shame that we don't have that, considering the continual uh, poor level of my jokes. Anyway, the point I was gonna is... Say, why, why, don't you, why don't you get some good jokes and then get a good rim shot? Wow. Ba-dum. Yeah. Okay, that's um, that was totally fair. Um, so Sam, <laughs> Sam Howell, uh, I I am getting to the point that I don't really know what to make of him either because I feel like he has improved and the offense has regressed. Do you uh, do you share any of those feelings? I don't even know if those feelings are accurate. That's why they're feelings, not facts. Well, and you know, a quality of competition uh, is really important and. Uh, he's going to be facing it here down the stretch, right? The Cowboys are really good defensively. Uh, those teams I mentioned, who I do think are beatable, uh, you know, have some good Jets defense is legit. 49ers, I don't have to tell you how good their defense is. And another round with the Cowboys, um, which could be telling if the Cowboys are still playing for something. I think it's very possible that's a repeat of Week 18 last year where we all leave feeling good after an empty calorie win of some sort. Um, you know, the, the, as the defenses get better, life will get harder for Sam Howell. I also think there was a lot of like, hey, the offensive line is fixed. Uh, hang up the mission accomplished banner. Job well done. Strike up the band. I don't know that that was ever the case. I, you know, I, I think there were scheme adjustments and personnel adjustments, which bought them a little time. But I, I don't know that you can scheme adjust and personnel adjust your way out of the kinds of things the Cowboys are doing and the kinds of things the Cowboys did to bring down Sam, Sam Howell this weekend. So I, I think the sacks are still a concern. You know, Chris Paul, for example, I, I think Chris Paul, you know, certainly brought an elevated level of play and energy to that position when they put him in for Sadiq Charles. But I, I think he's prone to mistakes still. And I don't think he's, he's a polished professional football player yet. Over time, those things show over a period of multiple weeks, those things show on the tape. 
And as a result of that, you get over time back getting back to allowing more sex. So you add in a high, a high caliber competition. And I think what you get is what you saw on Thursday, a team that was, was outclassed on the offensive side of the ball by the Cowboys as well. Well, that's the thing with this offense is like Sam is playing a lot better. And the reason the sack totals were astronomical earlier this year is because the O-line was playing kind of like this and Sam didn't know how to deal with it. He knows how to deal with it now. And so instead of giving up 10 sacks, it's five. And somehow that's a good day. Um, But I also like from a play calling standpoint and, and they still haven't figured out how to get Terry involved consistently. The run game is all over the place. Like I just... It just feels like Sam goes out and is playing a lot of backyard football at times or is running around throwing sidearm, and that's that's the their best stuff. Where earlier in the year, there was this feeling that the scheme is really elevating a lot of what they're doing. And I don't know whether I've just adjusted to the scheme or whether it, it just feels like they've defense has adapted and there's never been a next turn of the page to get to you know adjustments to the adjustments. And it may also speak to just how bad the Scott Turner era was, that you know the, the scheme that looked so great, with Scott uh, compared to Scott Turner's. And then over time, you know, you start to see, you know, some flaws in what's going on here. I asked Ron Rivera about Eric Bieniemy on Friday. He said, these are growing pains. You would expect that. My first year as a coordinator, uh, you know, we, we had some ups and downs as well. He's just going through some, you know, something he's going to work through and he's going to get him to the other side, which I thought was an acknowledgement that it's not where they want to be, which, which is kind of, you know, part one, admitting you have a problem or whatever it is, you know, the first step. It's an acknowledgement this offense isn't where they want it to be and isn't where they need it to be. Um, it's a, there's a third of the season left. Um, there's lots of time to change minds, to change opinions, um, and, and that's, what, that's what he's here to do, right? He's here to pr- – Eric Bieniemy. he's here to prove he can be an NFL coach, and he's here to prove he can lead a team on his own over an NFL season. Well, he's been leading them on his own, but he's really leading them on his own now because Ron Rivera is full-time with the defense now. This is this is the moment, right? And I'm I'm not going to commit to either lane today, like either he can or he can't. I'm just going to commit to the. That's a great reason to turn on your television and watch these games. That's a great reason to come out to FedEx and watch these games. These are sink or swim games for him against quality defenses with personnel that is adequate but not spectacular. Well, that that's how you make your name in the NFL, right? Sean McVay is not a legendary coach or on his way to becoming a, a great coach because he took, you know, one of the most expensive rosters of all time and won a Super Bowl. That was great, obviously. He's a, he's a great coach because he's, he's taking this Rams team and leading them to victories because of what he did with some spare parts in D.C. when he was running that offense. That's where you make your name as an NFL coordinator and an NFL play caller. He's got the chance to do that here. It's also a great reason to turn on your radios or download the free Odyssey app and listen to fantastic analysis of the old Mandos on 910 The Fan from 10 a.m. to noon each and every day. MP on the mic. Uh, Of course, the Hoffman Show, we try to do a decent job as well. Sometimes we succeed, but we never make good jokes. Uh, Michael Phillips, everybody, with us on Mondays. Michael, thank you very much, sir. Uh, We will talk to you next Monday after whatever happens against Miami. And I'll see you Sunday in the press box. See you Sunday. I look forward to it. See you Sunday. If you know, you know. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, That is Michael Phillips with us here on the Hoffman Show. When we get back, some more thoughts on that conversation following up on the two coordinators. Then we'll go around the NFL at 530. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. We are always live as well on the free Odyssey app. 
Coming up at the bottom of the hour, it is time to go around the NFL. And uh, Anthony, last week, um, I, I'm going to have to let you get some bragging rights. I think you actually beat me last week, and then you weren't here to uh, to bask in your glory. Do you remember what those totals were? Because I didn't cal- I haven't calculated them. No, I'll be on. I'll do it on the break. I guess I'll go back and look. Yeah. Did you, by the way, go? I told you. That yep. I went back. This. Okay. You went back I, and I got your. I got your picks. I got Mike picks. And I got my picks. Oh, nice. I was going to ask if you were able to get Mike's picks in there. Yep. Because uh, Mike also encouraged you and influenced some of your decisions last week. He did. Um, and uh, I don't know how those went. Nope. They didn't go. They didn't go well. Nope. Great. Yep. Fantastic. Just Thanks, Mike. Sneak peek. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching this weekend. And by the way, just getting to sit back and watch Red Zone on Sundays, fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Without having to just focus in on one game. Of the, yeah, it, it is so cool. You just – there's just a lot of good stuff out there. Yep. Um, and, and you don't have to watch the bad stuff if your game happens to be a bad one. Um, but, yeah, man, not a, not a good time um, for, for the commanders on – on Thursday, but a great time on Sunday. But I was going like, I think that I don't, I, I didn't pick these games very well. So we'll get to, we'll get to those coming up at five 30. Um, I know we're going to spend most of the week talking about the defense and like for obvious reasons they're they fired their defensive coordinator and you know, it was the right call. And you know, that's fantastic that they uh, finally did that thing that needed to be done. I mean, fantastic, strong, but, like, you get the point, right? It needed to be done, fine. But offensively, Anthony, I don't know. I just – I'm excited to talk to Logan tomorrow for take command because I just – I don't feel like this offense has any any sink. I don't feel like it's threatening. And I just – I feel I felt that way for weeks, and I think feel like it's almost flown under the radar because everyone's been so mad at the defense, and I get it, but I just – I don't know. I'm looking through like the offensive grades right now on PFF and it's, it actually kind of matches up because like no one's truly terrible. Like Chris Paul was not good. He graded out at a 47, um, you know, Wiley grades out at a 51. Uh, apparently Jamison Crowder played some snaps. He wasn't great. Um, but it's just like a lot of yellow and then like a couple of greens Sam Cosby, by the way, seems to be, based on PFF's metric, is having a hell of a year. Um, but, like, Curtis was obviously good. And you also just, like, look at the snaps, and there's just some stuff that seems like low-hanging fruit that I don't really understand. Like, what happened to Chris Rodriguez? He's been, he was he was good. And then he was, he was gone. And then he came back because Gibson missed the game, and he was really good again, and except for the fumble. But... It's not like Gibson and Robinson haven't fumbled. He's their best runner. And he had literally on Sunday, or on Thursday, I beg your pardon, one snap, four snaps. Like, I just, there's certain things that I just don't understand or like how they can't get Terry the ball more. Things like this that I just, I, I, I can't understand it. I watch, and especially on a weekend where I watch other teams Figure out ways to get their best players the ball. I just I don't understand it. I mean, just as you're lost for words, I'm lost for words too. I, I feel as though I don't know some things that work for us, or you know, that we have success with, we tend to go away with 
for like too long and then like when we yeah. try to go back to it it just isn't in the rhythm and flow of the game and it's sort of kind of like just thrown in there it's more so like i mean i think some of the play calls are cool it's just when those plays are called i think just the timing is just off every single time yeah every it just doesn't time. feel like there's a rhythm and i know that you go into a game with a plan and if you get a sack or you get a penalty or you get this or you get that it can throw off your plan and it's hard to get into a rhythm and like it sounds stupid but like you can't get into a rhythm unless you get into a rhythm but like there's not enough plays you wind up punting um but it just feels like for weeks this offense has has no more than two three drives in a row found a good rhythm and I'm very curious to see what the tape says when uh when we look at it tomorrow I watched the game back this morning and just like couldn't really figure it out a lot of it's the pressure like the pressure the pressure is having a major impact in a different way than it was earlier in the year because Sam is doing a better job of dealing with it. So it's less sacks, but it's the same amount of pressure. Yep. Um, but it just it doesn't seem like they can get And the other thing is, like, you watch Dallas get these big shot plays. They can't get a shot play to save their life. Or well, we just um, don't, like, convert. Like, Terry, like, as good as he is with contested catches and things of like that, I think that was a, a, a pass that he possibly could have caught. Yeah. You know, it's a good play by Gilmore. Yeah, it was a it was a great play. It was just one of those days. I, I just feel like the ball just bounced, didn't bounce for us, to be honest. Like Danny Johnson got a PBU and they oh, ended well, up yeah, catching the, the, the ball. That was crazy. And then we we punched the ball out on Pollard. Nobody sees it except C D Lamb. It's yeah. just like we we didn't get a lot of those bounces that uh those favorable bounces. I don't think a couple of bounces are the difference in a game where you lose forty five ten. I mean, the fourth quarter, but, like, the the wheels just completely fell off the bus. But, like, yeah, I mean, it was 20 to 10 at the end of three. Exactly. So, there's that. All right. What about the rest of the games? We go around the NFL next. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Coming up at the top of the hour, our pick six at six. We picked six players who we thought would have a big impact in the game for the Commanders against the Cowboys, one way or the other. How they do. We'll take a look back at that at 6 o'clock. And then Dave Johnson joins us at 6.15 ahead of Wizards and Pistons tonight. Woohoo! Wizards and Pistons. Anthony, are you are you more excited for a Wizards-Pistons kind of game where you're like, hey, Wizards, got a shot tonight? Or would you rather like, oh, hey, the Bucks are in town. Let's see what they got, uh, even if it goes poorly. Ah. Uh... I'd definitely rather see the Bucks, to be honest. Okay. I, I'm i curious. I'm going to ask Dave this. Like, the Pistons should be better by now. Like, yeah, the Wizards, the Wizards are intentionally kind of terrible. Yep, we're tanking. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say they're tanking. They just don't care about wins. That too. Um, But the Pistons, like, they've had their bad seasons. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be turning it around. They're supposed to be doing what Orlando is doing. Orlando's second in the Eastern Conference. Looking good. The Pistons stink. Still. (laughs) Why? What'd they do wrong? Uh, So we'll talk to Dave about that. And whatever else, whatever stories Dave has. Because that's really, let's be honest, Anthony, with, with ourselves, with the audience. We have Dave Johnson every Wizards game day to kind of talk about the games. But also to have story time with Dave. Because it's very entertaining. And I would like to know what stories he has. And so we'll do that coming up. Uh, right now, though, it is time to go around the NFL, which not only is going to take us around the entire league in terms of 
you know, all the games. It's going to take us day by day, Anthony, through our Thanksgiving weekend. Games galore. Games on Thursday. Games on Friday. Games on Sunday. Game tonight. No Justin Jefferson, by the way, yet, but he's getting close for the Vikings who host the Bears this evening. All right. Uh, Thanksgiving Day started with a surprise. Packers coming out, playing fantastic early, holding on late. They beat the Lions, who dropped to 8-3. and three. Jordan Love, a career-high three touchdown passes, uh, ties his career high. Jared Goff, 332 and two touchdowns in the loss. Uh, tough look for that Lions offense. Uh, we're, we're all looking at Ben Johnson being like, is he the next guy here in D.C.? It, it, I mean... It was such a weird game because the Lions, every time I looked up at this point, like, you know, we're cooking, starting starting to play host to our friends who were coming over, the whole deal. Um, so I wasn't, like, super locked in on the game. But every time I looked up, it felt like the Lions were driving. And then you look up, and somehow they wouldn't have the football anymore. And they wouldn't have – and, like, the scoreboard wouldn't have changed. It was a weird game. Yeah, I didn't quite understand why – I guess they had so many offensive lows because, again, they're one of those teams that once they get going, they can, you know, turn it up a little, a notch, and they just consistently just couldn't get going. Jared Goff didn't have, you know, the best day. Jameer Gibbs, you know, he he showed his flashes, but as a whole, they, they just struggled. And shout-out to the Packers, you know, that they were under uh, underhanded a little bit. Um, They had some injuries that they were facing, but they came out there playing as if they had – you know everything to lose so um. i mean it's pr- they didn't really go into any offensive lulls that's the thing what happened is they get to the end of drives and they wouldn't score because either they lost the ball they three fumbles they lost mm-hmm. and they were one of five on fourth down but they ran 78 plays gained 464 yards had 25 first downs like they should have won the game if they just held on to the ball I mean, if there's three fumble drives turn into, or like two of the fumble drives and one of the fourth down conversions turn into field goals, they win the game. Yeah. Also, them going forward on fourth down their own territory, the fake punt. Yeah, I didn't love that one. That that hurt a little bit. I like like aggressiveness. I like going forward on fourth down. That was, that's one too many sips of espresso from, uh, from old Dan Campbell there. But big win for the Packers, uh, who pulled a 5-6, and six, which is in the NFC is kind of good enough to be floating around the end of the playoff race. Uh, and then, of course, the Lions dropped to 8-3. and three. Uh, We talked about – and by the way, that's 0-1 for your boys. Yes, both of us. Uh, and Mike? Uh, Michael Mauer. Oh, yeah, the, Mike, the Mike had the Lions as well. Um, all right, Commanders-Cowboys. Uh, we've been talking about it all day. The Cowboys won 45-10. We both predicted that would happen. Yep, we all did. All right. Uh, 49ers and Seahawks, big second quarter for San Francisco. 17-0 to pull them out to a 24-3 halftime lead. Uh, Ultimately, 31-13 the final. Christian McCaffrey, 19 carries, 114 yards, two touchdowns. Brock Purdy, 209, a touchdown and a pick. Niners, ever since their bye week and ever since they got everybody healthy, look like the behemoth that I thought they were, Anthony. Yeah, the Niners look good, man. The defense is playing solid. Chase Young had, like, no stats against um, the Seahawks, which is, I'm not going to say surprising, but 
come on, Chase. He he had a great debut, but again, I expected him to go out there and really, you know, elevate his game a little bit. And uh, him going out there with no stats is not a good look. Uh, but they're all kind of what he does. Yeah. Did he even have a pressure? Where is he? Yeah, he had he had one pressure. One pressure. One pressure per PFF and one hurry. Cool. Uh, he's a luxury item for them. What can you say? Uh, meanwhile, Nick Bosa had nine. Yeah. Nine pressures, three sacks, two hits, four hurries. Jesus. Good gracious, man. That is what that dude <laughs> does. Uh, kind of a weird... I mean, Seattle barely ran any plays. Um, I mean, Three and they, out, man. They, Dre Greenlaw was the Niners' leading tackler with six. Oh, wow. That's, that's kind of how the offensive day went. Uh, Friday did not go very well for the Jets. Uh, that it was anticipated. Uh, but... There's just something about the Jets playing Thanksgiving time. Because once upon a time, if I do remember correctly, the butt fumble was on Thanksgiving. I think so. You talking about Mark? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was. So, in one of the more embarrassing plays in NFL history, if you miss this, uh, the Jets went to throw a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. They were down at the time 10, or sorry, they were down at the time, oh my God, I can't do math. Yeah, 10 to 6. Um, the Dolphins intercepted the ball at the one-yard line. Forget knocking it down. Nope, we're just going to catch it. And ran it back 99 yards for a touchdown. One of the craziest slash most embarrassing plays in NFL history, Jets- Thanksgiving week again. Uh, Tyreek Hill had a touchdown. Tua uh, actually threw two picks in this game. Uh, Bereem Mostert solid on the ground. Two touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Waddell a big day. Eight catches for 114 yards. Uh, Dolphins beat up on the Jets 34-13 before coming to FedEx Field this week. Man, I, I really just wish Aaron Rodgers was healthy for the Jets because – I feel bad for the Jets' defense. The Jets' defense did as much as they could against a high-powered attack, and they just were on the field all day um, Friday. And it's just there's only there's a, there's only so many times you can you know bend and not break. And you know, yeah. the Dolphins ended up you know getting the better of them. Old Timmy Boyle get the start again for the Jets uh, this week. Saints and Falcons, 24-15. How about Atlanta coming through with a strong? 10-point mm-hmm. fourth quarter. Bijan Robinson doing his thing. 16 carries, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Despite 304 from Derek Carr. Uh, the Saints just, they do some weird stuff, man, where they just can't get out of their own way. Carr has a pick in the game. Like, they can't get anything going really on the ground. Um, Kamara's got 15 for 69, which is like a good average, but um, not enough because they're kind of chasing the game. Olave, another monster day, 7 for 114. But it just feels like a lot of empty calorie type of yards uh, compared to what Atlanta's able to do, get Drake London, some big catches, some conversions, etc. Algier, 64. Patterson, 43. Ritter had 30 on the ground. And then Bijan's 91. Atlanta ran for 228 in this game. Yeah, Bijan definitely, you know, showed some flashes. We've been wanting this Bijan all year long. And also, they utilized all three running backs. They finally gave Cordell Patterson some carries. And guess what he was doing? Running people over. That's Give him does. the ball. You have three legit running backs. Just run the ball. Take the take the ball out of Ritter's hand. 
and just, you know, run the ball because that's uh, your strength right now. But the Saints, yeah, they, they can't figure it out. Derek Carr's out there throwing interceptions in the, the red zone. He threw a pick six to Jesse Bates. Yep. The turnovers also hurt them. Jesse Bates, he came up with a fourth fumble as well. Bates so. was awesome. <laughs> He's he, he's, a, he's a bad man. Yeah, he's what a signing for Atlanta, and that division is so bad. It's like you, you said it earlier. It is literally like the the NFC East in 2020 when the Commanders won. It is that bad. It's awful. Uh, did we pick that game correctly? Uh, Mike got it correct. You and I picked the Saints. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, Steelers and Bengals. Uh, Pittsburgh. 16-10 winners thanks to some actual downfield passing. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. Kenny Pickett, 278. Wow. Najee Harris, 15 for 99. And a touchdown. How about Pat Fryermuth? Big tight end. Yes, Nine for 120. But they actually did try to push the ball down the field a little bit. It helps that you're going against the Bengals and you know they're they're trying to figure it out with Jake Browning at quarter, at quarterback with Burrow on IR now officially. But uh, the Steelers seven and four, and found that you're allowed to, uh, you know, vertically move, move the ball down the field without Matt Canada as their OC. Who knew? I mean, I, I still want to see some more out of the offense, but a step forward, I should say, a step forward. The defense is still solid. They still need Minka Fitzpatrick to come back. He's missed a couple of games, so once they get him back, I, I think this he, he'll take that defense to an even uh, higher notch. Uh, Panthers and Titans. Turns out this was Frank Reich's last game in Carolina. What a disaster it has been there. And, you know, David Tepper, just so impatient, terrible owner, um, which is unfortunate because he cares a lot and he's, like, willing to spend and he's got a lot of characteristics that you want. Uh, But at the end of the day, he's so impatient and, like, just absolutely uh, sold the farm for Bryce Young. And then... Mm -hmm chooses to do something kind of wacky with with some of the coaching staff and just i don't know man it's just a bad look they might have needed to get rid of reich um you know the more i read from stuff down there it sounded like that it just wasn't a good fit um but i god what a mess uh in carolina meanwhile tennessee they're four and seven derrick henry's still very large and very fast and he scored twice uh buccaneers and colts your boys 27 20 Winners, Baker Mayfield knocked out of this game for a little bit, came back, played all right, but uh, at the end of the day, Gardner Minshew and company able to get it done. Uh, Rashad White, by the way, 15 carries, 100 yards for Tampa, but uh, Jonathan Taylor, two touchdowns on the ground. Michael Pittman over 100 yards receiving, uh, and, and a fellow named Zaire Franklin had seven more tackles. Yes, sir. The Colts got the job done. They stay alive, you know. The FC South is still up for grabs. Um, big win for uh, for the Colts. Definitely, I th- I still think they need to give JT and Zach Moss um, more carries. They only had 23 combined. But against a, a Buccaneers defense that does like the blitz a lot, it's probably going to be hard to run. So Gardner stepped up, did what he had to do. Big day for Michael Pittman as well. No doubt. Uh, Patriots and Giants was exactly what you thought it would be. Terrible. <laughs> and, by the way, Great for the Commanders because guess who now also is four and eight. We are. Oh, they are. Yeah, the Giants are. T- two game winning streak for the Giants mm. to get to four and eight. Uh, they're two and three. At, or sorry, they've got two wins in the division. Uh, obviously, Washington has none. So NFC record, division record, head to head record, 
everything favors Washington in terms of the higher draft pick uh, because in the standings, everything will favor New York. So that is good news. And the Patriots continue to be terrible no matter who is at quarterback. Mac Jones was benched for the not first, not second, not third, but fourth time this year. And then what did Bailey Zappi do when he came in? Threw a pick too. Just promptly threw it to the wrong team. Incredible. It's it, it, the point beyond the point, really, where it is just sad to watch the end of the Belichick era. It just, it can't be this, but it is every single week. Uh, you mentioned the AFC South is still tight. How about the Jags not just being on top of that division, but they, uh, until Kansas City won last night, was, or they actually, and Baltimore too, actually. So there was, there was a point yesterday, let's put it this way, because of the way the games were sequenced, this game being at one o'clock, where the Jags were actually the number one seed in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Four different teams yesterday at some point were the number one seed in the AFC. The Jags had it after the one o'clock window, thanks to a 24-21 win over the Texans in what was an absolutely ridiculous game. C.J. Stroud and Trevor Lawrence both throw for over 300 yards. Um, you got rushing touchdowns uh, from, from both quarterbacks as well. Some big receiving games from Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Nico Collins. Like this game, this game had everything. It dealt you know, five for 50, and it comes down to a field goal at the end. Matt Amendola from 58, which would have been a career long, and he had plenty of leg, Anthony. That was the thing. Yep. That thing was high, it was was. far, (laughs) but it was too high. And so it hits off like the T of the crossbar. It was dead center. And if he had just lowered it a little bit, he had plenty of leg, but the trajectory all wrong. And ultimately, the Jags hang on to survive. Yeah, that was a fantastic game in the 1 o'clock hour. The Texans, I I really thought CJ was going to get the job done, but that sack by Josh Allen... That ended up being the difference in the game because that's why they had to kick the 58-59 the yard field goal. Um, the Texans couldn't pick up any more yards. But that was a heck of a game. Um, just a lot of big plays being made by, like, both teams. And the Jags, you know, they, they wanted a little bit more. Their defense stepped up when they needed them to. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens when they uh, face each other again. By the way, finally a 300-yard day for Trevor Lawrence. Let's see. If that is enough to kickstart that offense, Browns and Broncos. The Broncos are six and five. Are the Broncos gulp good? Russell Wilson rough day, but they just ran the crap out of the ball. I mean, they didn't really even try to pass it that much. I mean, Russ was just 134 yards and a and uh, a touchdown, but he only threw it 22 times. They ran it 39. Uh, including 11 by Wilson. They just, there was a drive in the middle, I think in the middle of the second quarter, I want to say. It might have been actually tail end of the first, where they ran like three or four straight read options with Russ. Oh, yep. And they, and Russ, they kept crashing and Russ kept pulling it and picking up chunks and eventually ran it in himself. Um, But you got Javante Williams, 18 carries. So our old pal Samaje P. Ryan and his beard had seven carries. Russ had 11. They got uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, a little scat back, a couple of carries. Marvin Mims on a reverse for a carry. Like, they just kept running it against what's supposed to be a vaunted Brown defense, Brown's defense. Meanwhile, Dorian Thompson-Robinson knocked out of this game. P.J. Walker had to come in and finish it. End of the day, not uh, a good day for the Cleveland Browns who fall 
to seven and four on the year. Uh, Rams and Cardinals in the afternoon window. This one pretty straightforward. Rams uh, ran it up pretty good. Uh, Matt Stafford, nice little day. And um, I will say this. Your boy lost in fantasy despite putting up a ton of points in part because of one of the games that we're going to talk about in a moment and in part because Kyron Williams was on my bench. Oh my gosh, you got Kyron Williams on your bench? Sure did. All 16 carries for 143 yards, six catches for 61 yards and two touchdowns on my bench. Difference in the game. He's nasty, man. I Once I heard he was coming back, I already knew he was going to be a problem. He was a problem before the injury, yep. and when he came back, he... thought I thought I had found a spot for him. <laughs> Didn't. Nope. Just big dumb idiot. Big big dumb dumb idiot idiot. Uh, Chiefs and Raiders. How about the Chiefs scoring second half points? 31-17, the final score there, including 17 second half points for Mahomes and company. 298 and two touchdowns. Uh, Rice, a nice little day for Kansas City. Uh, Rashi Rice, eight catches, 107, and a touchdown. Kelsey Ho-Hum, six catches, 91 yards on seven targets. Uh, meanwhile, Isaiah Pacheco, 15 carries, 55 yards. Like, they, they do enough running the football to keep teams honest. Uh, meanwhile, nice day for Josh Jacobs, but not enough for the Las Vegas Raiders, who fall to five and seven. Uh, oh, I just accidentally canceled out of my scoreboard. Good job out of me. Anthony, what's the next game on the schedule? Slash, how how where are we at record-wise? So right now I am nine and four. You are eight and five. Mike is nine and four. The next game on our should be Bills Eagles. Yep, Bills Eagles. And guess what? You change your answer because of Mike. To the Bills? Yes. What a moron. And you also did that to the Patriots as well. Or the Giants, I get because you had the you had the Giants, but then you chose the Patriots. No way. Yes. I picked the Patriots? Yes, you did. You had the Giants. Somebody I, fire me. <laughs> you picked the Giants at first. You listened to Mike. He was like, Belichick does make it hell on, you know, rookie quarterbacks. That is I'm good going logic. Patriots. That is good logic. They did they did win 10-7. Yeah. Ugh. But you also just chose the Bills. Damn, I mean, and it looked good. It did. Until the end. Oh, my God. Until the end. What a game this was. Jalen Hurts just finds a way. He's, I think, 30-5 and five now as a starter. It's ridiculous. And don't the commanders have, like, two of the losses in there? Or is it just one? I think it's just one. Anyway, point is. Yeah, one loss from last year. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, 18 for 31. Three touchdowns, though. And then, of course, a couple of touchdowns on the ground. Uh, tush push and the uh, quarterback draw to win it. A.J. Brown finally kept in check, but Devontae Smith, he goes nuts. Seven for 106. Uh, Josh Allen <laughs> threw it 51 times. 51 times. Also ran it nine for 81, and that was not enough. And by the way, I said in my fantasy matchup, something, if, you know, if the Eagles had just not forced overtime uh, and Jalen Hurts isn't the guy who runs in the final touchdown, yep. I was fine. Eagles have a regular fourth quarter. Me benching Kyron, or not starting Kyron Williams, not a big deal. It's not what happened. Eagles 10-1. and one. I dropped the game in fantasy. <laughs> These two things are basically equal. Uh, Ravens and Chargers. Ravens, nice cruise to a 20-10 to 10 
win. This thing was uh, pretty chill into the fourth quarter, 13-3 Baltimore into the fourth. Both teams scored a touchdown, 20-10 your final score. Uh, do a good job of keeping Justin Herbert in check. Uh, just 217 yards, a touchdown, and a pick for Herbert. Lamar, nice, easy 177 and a touchdown. Also had 11 carries for 39 yards. I feel like there was a bunch of drops and, like, silly stuff in this game, too. Like, some Herbert has a little bit of, like, what used to happen to Eli Manning, where Eli just would have the dumbest interceptions. Like, the ball would hit off guys' hands, and then it would get picked off, and you're just like, who? Is this payback for what you did on draft night? Like, what is happening? And I feel like Herbert has a lot of that stuff, too, where he makes plays or delivers throws, and just funky stuff happens to him. Yeah. I feel feel bad for... um the Chargers. We we all thought it was going to be a one-score game. It was until Zay Flowers decided to, you know, break off like a 30-yard run, but these lo- these one-score games, they they just continue to lose and just can't get over the hump. So, Brandon Staley, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think wanna, he's done. Yeah. I, I, I think he's, he's done, done at the end of the, end of the year. As well. yeah. uh, all right, what you got uh, record-wise? Where are we at going into Bears-Vikings tonight? Right, Which so we, we both have Minnesota, yes? Yeah, we all have the Vikings. I'm 11-4. and four. You're 9-6. and six. Mike is 10-5. and five. Mm. And also last week I was ten and three. You were eight and five. Anthony making up some ground here. Hey, late don't in the call season. it a comeback, baby. Uh, so where does that put us for the season? Oh, I haven't been able to tally that. That's that's a lot of quick math, and you know math is an hour strong suit. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's yeah. not. Uh, by the way, we played. Uh, Rachel got a bunch of board games uh, that were supposed to be here for Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, they were not. Uh, but we did get them like Friday, and so we had some friends over last night. Played a board game that was very math uh, adjacent. I was the only, we, it was called partners and Uh-oh. we switched, we played two games with the same partners and then we switched and I was the only one to not win a game. Dang. Yeah. Not great. The game was very fun. I just, what, what, what's the name of it? It's called partners. Okay. You have a partner. It's a four person game. Play two and two. Yeah. Math. Hard. Anyway, uh, that's, that's around the NFL. And also around Craig's losses of the weekends, from board games to fantasy games. When we get back, our pick six. How did our six key commanders do against the Cowboys? Uh, Hint, not very well, just like every other commander. Uh, That's next in the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app.